if people want to make a change, it starts at the beginning. You have to design in that recyclability or, or it all just falls down, unfortunately. Hi, I'm Sebastian Volney and this is The Sustainable Fashion Wingman, the podcast exploring the brands, innovations and careers tackling the sustainable and ethical challenges in fashion. Or let's say, apparel as in today's case. If responsible fashion is your thing, why not connect with me on LinkedIn and our growing sustainable fashion network. And if you think you'd be a suitable guest on the show, why not drop me an email for a chat via the link in our website podcast page. Now, workwear is a niche area of the apparel industry, but one not often thought about when it comes to the issues of textile waste. One of the challenges used workwear presents is that it's often branded, which means, unlike fashion garments, it can't be easily upcycled or reused. Fortunately, in the world of sustainable fashion, we can be assured that someone, somewhere, is already aware of and addressing challenges like this. And today we have Andy Moulding, Director of Project Plan B, to tell us just how they're tackling this very issue of workwear waste. So just how big is the issue of workwear waste? And what's the answer? Well, let's find out. Hi Andy, how are you? Good morning Seb, I'm very well and thank you for inviting me onto the podcast. Well, thank you for coming onto the podcast to talk about the unique and interesting work you're doing at, and I'm going to say it, award-winning Plan B in tackling an often under-the-radar issue. Now the reason I said that obviously is because I've just learned that you won an award on the weekend, so let's start by telling me about what that was for. Great, yeah, no, thank you. Yes, uh, we were shortlisted a couple of months ago uh, for a sustainability award by the PCIAW, the industry body, whose members include the majority of the uniform and workwear managed service providers in the UK. And last week we were in London uh, attending a summit and conference held and hosted by the PCIAW. And we won one of the sustainability awards, which we're, we're really pleased about. And it's great to, to sort of have the efforts of the team here recognised uh, and acknowledged by the industry. So we're, we're, we're really pleased. That's fantastic. Well done. Congratulations and to you and to the whole team. Thank um, you. So to start, uh, obviously, we're going to talk about workwear. So can you tell us why and to what extent workwear presents a unique issue for sustainability? Yes, of course. I'd imagine that most of your listeners are aware of the sustainability challenges faced by the retail fashion industry. And it's been in the press a lot, uh, particularly the large retailers, fast fashion and, and the way those retailers are trying to deal with the enormous amount of clothing waste uh, that gets black binned in the UK. But behind this, and very much out of the public eye, and as you've just mentioned, there are some serious issues within the workwear industry that need to be addressed. And on the fashion side, there's a, a thriving industry of, of clothing reuse and re-commerce, but it just doesn't exist in the workwear sector. And as you pointed out, the majority of workwear is branded and it can't be recycled through the normal reuse programmes such as the UK network of charities like the Salvation Army. For obvious reasons, companies don't want their branded workwear 
getting into the wrong hands, there are security issues, etc. Uh, to put some numbers on this, SCAP, uh, the Sustainable Action Plan, and Textiles 2030, the offshoot of that, that is looking at tackling the sustainability issues within the industry, estimate that some 40 million garments are issued to UK workers and staff annually. And up to 90% of this ends up in landfill or incinerated. That's about 11,500 tonnes of textiles. It's quite difficult for people to visualise that. Uh, it's not just about a volume. There's also a carbon footprint associated with that kind of waste. And there are some interesting numbers around that. SCAP and Textiles 2030 estimate that to produce one tonne of textiles is about 24 tonnes, metric tonnes of carbon. So I'll let you do the maths. But again, to put that into context, the life cycle of a family car in terms of its carbon footprint over four to five years is only about five carbon metric tonnes. Wow. Exactly. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. And obviously, this is something that you've been aware of, and this is why your company, uh, Plan B, is addressing it. Yes. So Plan B has been around a while now, about 13 years, long before the current extent of the awareness of climate change and sustainability issues in the industry. What was the initial idea of the business, and how much has it changed since that start? Well, Plan B was set up around 13, 14 years ago by myself and my two co-directors, Tim Cross and James Holmes. Uh, we've been involved in the textile garment manufacturing industry for 25, 30 years. And we set up Plan B as a garment production management company uh, to provide a sort of director level support to some of the larger UK-based uniform managed service companies, workwear catalogue retailers and brands uh, producing apparel through uh, offshore partner factories in, in Bangladesh and China. And the change came about probably around two to three years ago when we became very aware of the garment waste in our sector, the numbers I've, I've referenced earlier. But we also were aware of the fact that there needed to be a dramatic shift away from the use of virgin polyesters uh, polyester is a fabric that is particularly prevalent within the workwear industry because of its long life properties. And the problem with polyester, virgin polyester, is that it's manufactured from a natural resource, which is oil. And there have been some massive advances in the last few years in the quality of recycled polyester yarns, but they're primarily made from post-consumer plastics, uh, RPET. And some of the associated trends as well have, have now started to be made in, in, in RPET. Uh, but we also recognise that even using RPET or recycled yarns and trims uh, was a, a linear manufacturing system. And at the end of life, these garments still end up in landfill or incineration. Uh, and what was actually needed was a circular system that eradicated this waste so that the garments, instead of being landfilled or incinerated, could be recycled. And that's when Project Plan B was created uh, to be the catalyst for this change uh, and 
promote and create a closed loop recycling polyester system. Okay, so so let's talk about what plan project plan B is all about. The process is a circular approach by the sound of it, and uh, you aim to tackle the end of life of work garments. But you're also involved at the beginning in the design process too, I understand. So tell us a bit about what you do at each stage. So the circular approach to manufacturing and recycling end-of-life garments is fundamentally underpinned by designing these garments to be recycled. And, and this is where it starts. We design a monofiber polyester product and we eradicate the contaminants that can't be recycled. And to, to put it simply, you, you get out what you put in. And what we need when we recycle is a high-quality fibre-grade RPET pellet. And from that recycling principle, we have developed a set of design principles, the design-to-be-recycled principle. Now, these principles ensure the purity of the feedstock that goes into our Project Plan B recycling plant. And by feedstock, I mean end-of-life textiles. So whether it be uniform or, or consumer clothing, it makes no difference. Which then in turn ensures that we are producing high quality RPET, that then ensures that the RPET can be used to create quality yarns. Because without the right quality RPET, you can't produce uh, quality yarn for use in fabric manufacturing. Now, this is a, a new and unique circular proposition within the apparel industry. But more importantly, uh, we're also working with one of the largest recycled polyester yarn producers, Unify. They're an American company. They have mills in the States and China. And they are now committed to replacing post-consumer plastics. By that, I mean you know water bottles with textiles as the resource for their yarns. So what we've essentially done is closed the loop and we've replaced the linear manufacturing system with a circular manufacturing system. Yeah, because a lot of companies, um, well, there's a lot of processes that involves recycling plastic bottles or plastic waste that isn't clothing into yeah. clothing, but obviously with workwear and within the industry, in the fashion industry in general, there's actually a lot of polyester-based products that could be recycled itself and this is obviously an area that you're looking at. Yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting what you say about design. It is, you know, waste is a design flaw, as they say. So you're actually looking at that end of that beginning part of the, the whole cycle as well, because it's complicated recycling, um, like you touched upon there. You can't just take a garment and any garment and recycle it because there's more than just one component in most garments and not every part of that those components can be recycled. So the design process, like you're doing, involves making sure that actually that whole product, that whole garment can be recycled, including all the components as well, uh, yeah. and how to extract every piece from them. Uh, I understand that you also use a certification mark and are looking to expand on this to help make it easy for businesses to know which garments are recyclable and how they can do it. So can you tell us a bit more about how that works? Yeah, sure. Um, when we realised we developed a closed-loop manufacturing recycle system we knew there needed to be a controlling mark uh, a check system for for garments and we've got a a trademark recycling logo which is the infinity 
symbol that you, you will have seen. But the more we talked to the managed service providers, the uniform providers, and the garment rental providers, because that's the, that was our target market, because that's our background, because we haven't talked about it, but there's a whole logistics piece behind what we do, which is actually now more complicated than the technology piece and the design piece. But we recognised that there needed to be a central focus for everyone, a resource bank for everybody. And we are now in the process of launching the Circular Textiles Foundation. And this allows, or the membership, allows companies and brands to build a sustainable garment credibility. You know, it's not just about putting a green label on things and, and saying we've used recycled threads or, or, or recycled fabrics. It, it has to go deeper than that. But more importantly, that membership provides uh, a system for checking product and the certification of garments that, that you mentioned earlier. And it allows those garments to carry the, the Project Plan B recyclable logo. And that's the assurance that the garment has been designed to be recycled. So when you see a garment with that on, usually it's associated with a QR code, uh, we know that we can put it straight into our recycling process without any intervention. So it's closing the loop again, and given obviously uh, the people who are, are the, the brands who are buying these products, a way of understanding there's a, there's a way of closing that loop as well and, and being part of the circular right. process that you're, you're offering. And, and alongside that, the foundation uh, supports its members or will support its members through a, a shared knowledge hub where we are sharing the latest insights around circular solutions, design workshops and manufacturing guidance. That's brilliant. And obviously, you know, it's a huge issue um, and it's a huge industry. And of course, not one company alone can carry out all this work. So it's good that you are collaborating and sharing with other companies as well, uh, the processes and the, the practical solutions that you're, that you're actually using. Now, you're currently carrying out the recycling process in Europe. Yes. But as I understand it, you're looking to bring that process into the UK. Will that help speed up the whole process? Well, unfortunately, the, the, the current location of the recycling technology is a, a direct result of the barriers imposed by COVID during the last 18 months oh. uh, with the travel and workplace restrictions that we've all had to adhere to uh, and we know and love. Um, it's always been our intention to cite the technology in the UK and uh, probably in Plymouth, which is obviously where we're based. Um, we plan to have the recycling machinery in this country by March, April next year. And yes, it, it will speed up the process because at the moment we're having to send textile into Europe. Um, but more importantly, there's the obvious reduction in the movement of consolidated product and the logistics costs that go with this. Uh, and again, probably more importantly, the carbon footprint that results from, from that logistics piece. Right. Okay. So it's, it's going to be quite a complicated yeah. uh, process to do by the sound of it. Okay. Fair enough. Um, now, something I love about the sustainability movement and in the industry is that it is, like we're talking about, very collaborative space uh, where people are happy to share knowledge and move towards a shared goal. 
I understand that plan B don't just work on the product side of things. Um, but as you were mentioning, you also offer support in the way of circularity consultancy for businesses. So what kind of advice do you offer other companies? Well, this is why we set up the Circular Textiles Foundation, because that's what we recognise, is there needed to be a, a collaborative approach, the need to, to be a, a shared knowledge bank. And we're actively encouraging businesses to, to join the foundation and that then gives them the access to the circular model but I would add it, it also adds other recycling routes for fabrics such as cotton and polycotton which we haven't talked about and there are European recyclers of, of those those fabrics and by recycling I don't mean shredding and, 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 and incinerating or shredding and putting into insulation I'm talking about genuine recycling where uh, cotton pe can be broken down and, and, and reused for garment manufacturing, where polycotton can be broken down and the polyester separated and used and the cotton then be used, uh, which is incredibly important because we can't tell everyone to wear polyester. That That's just not going to happen. Um, alongside this, we also offer a, a fee-based consultancy service uh, for brands where we can review and advise on, on circular garment design and, and manufacturing that can then facilitate recycling, whether it be through Project Plan B or, or organisations like RenewCell or Sodra in Sweden that, that deal with, with cotton-based products. So it's good that you're actually touching upon systems of working that isn't just based around polyester. Uh, but also it can be applied to other product areas as well, like cotton and fabrics, um, other fabrics as well, like cotton. Uh, and it is a whole, like you say, it is a whole kind of process. So people can just, how do they get to join the uh, the coalition, as it were? The foundation. Uh, the foundation. Give me a call <laughs> or, yeah, or email me. Um, it, it It's not complicated. It's a, there's a, a volume product fee-based structure um, which gives you the membership uh, and access to, to the, the resources that we have. And also, at end of life, uh, we'll take the product away uh, and we'll recycle it. It's as simple as that. I would encourage anybody that's got any interest in manufacturing a circular product to, to get in touch with us. There we go. For anyone who's listening, that's fantastic. Um, as a bit of a bonus question, if you could give a company, you know, one piece or a startup, one piece of advice that wants to be a circular model, for example, what would that be? Avoid greenwashing. We see it all the time, not just with small brands, but some of the really large brands as well. And I'm not just talking about retail fashion. Uh, there are some huge brands in the workwear industry, European brands particularly. And they seem to believe that the solution is to just use a recycled fabric, but it doesn't solve the problem, the end of use solution, because eventually, if those garments haven't been designed to be recycled, they'll end up in a black bag, and that's wrong. You know, if people want to make a change, as I said earlier, it starts at the beginning. You have to design in that recyclability, or, or it all just falls down, unfortunately. Completely. And I'm just going to throw in another question here, but how do you deal with things like printing 
um, garments. So I know we talked about branded garments. How do you deal yeah. with printing or embroideries? On so um, it's a good question. Uh, embroidery is the easy one to answer. Uh, it's normally polyester thread, and we can put it straight through our recycling process so that there's no impact. It's not a contaminant because it's, it's polyester. Printing is a little bit more complicated. Sublimation printing is absolutely fine because it's essentially dyeing uh, polyester. Uh, there are PET substrate transfers and water-based inks that are used for printing, which again, we can put straight through our, our process. Where we have a problem is print that uses uh, PU and acrylic binders. So these are the sort of heavy plasticized inks or prints that, that you'll see on garments. That's an issue, you know, we can't, we can't put those through. Polyurethane is a contaminant that we have to avoid, unfortunately, and uh, we'll always have to avoid it uh, for the time being. So again, it all comes back down to the, uh, the design process in the beginning. Well, Andy, it's been absolutely great to chat with you today. It's not often we get to hear about other areas within um, within the fashion industry or the apparel industry like workwear, but obviously it is part of, you know, it is part of sustainability when we're talking about the issues around things like overconsumption and recycling and the end of life of product. Um, and it's been great to learn a bit about Project Plan B and the work that you're carrying out with them. So who would have thought that workwear posed such a challenge for sustainability? But it's great to note that it's another area that innovators are already tackling. If you'd like to find out more about Project Plan B, as Andy said, you can give them an email or check out their site via the link in the episode description. Thanks very much, Andy, for coming to talk to us today. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you again to the listeners. This has been, as always, the Sustainable Fashion Wingman podcast. I've been Sebastian, helping you dress, live and work more sustainably. Mm-hmm.